0: Each week at this time, we gather for a spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Did you know that you can follow me on Instagram for radio show updates and episode links? And and because I'm me and because I can't help it, there will also be photos of yarn and the jigsaw puzzles (laughs) that I'm working on. Have you heard those marketers who say that your Instagram profile should be like one very seamless, consistent flow of whatever it is you're trying to get out in the world? My Instagram account is kind of like my life. There's fuzzy yarn, there's funny jigsaw puzzles, there's little things I find amusing, and there's stuff about the radio show. So you can find me on Instagram. You can see my non-integrated, non-smooth account. I'm at Fog City Psychic there, and I'm also at Fog City Psychic on Facebook, where you can find the Out of the Fog radio page. Now, today's guest knows firsthand that intuition and love are central to healing and to navigating the challenges that life brings us. After a 20 year journey through environmental illness, Marianne C. began to teach and help others. And she's here with me to share tools, simple tools, powerful tools to help us access our own healing power in our lives. Are you ready to meet her? Mary C. discovered the power of intuition and healing as she was recovering from severe environmental illness. She introduced intuition and healing courses to nurses, doctors, and other health professionals at many Australian hospitals, and has taught at four Australian universities. She's been a frequent guest on radio shows and has appeared in documentaries and news features with ABC, both in the USA and Australia, and the BBC in the UK. Her mind-body healing transformative sessions... Help people who feel that there's something they can't access that's playing a part in their being sick or struggling in some way. She's the author of Love is the Healer. And you can find out more about Marianne and her work at mariannec.com. Marianne, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so glad you're here. I'm I'd love to hear your definitions of, I think both intuition and of healing. Healing is a word that can be used as a as a cudgel. What's the matter with you heal already, right? Let's go, go do this thing and then you will be healed. And intuition can sometimes be something that feels scary to people, uh, knowing that leads to um, like uh, finding out that something bad is going to happen. And so sometimes when you put intuition and healing together, people might feel scared. That's not at all what this is about. So how do you define these terms? Well, intuition,
1: very simply, it is knowing something through feeling it. We can know something by thinking it, but we can also know something by feeling it in our body. Let me give you an example. If I said to you, how is your uncle today? You might think and say, I don't know. I haven't seen him in four weeks. He's on a holiday. Or you could close your eyes, take a breath and say, I think I feel he's really happy. Mm -hmm. I can see him on the beach. I can feel him open and enjoying his holiday. Thinking, knowing is definitely overrated in the Western world, but more and more in relation to healing, feeling, knowing is taking a prominent place. When I talk about healing, I am talking about decontracting the body. Now, let me me explain that because it sounds a little hard to grasp. At any time, any stress in the body will cause the body to tighten or contract. If we don't release that tightness, it tends to stay in the body. If it's just a, you know, tripped over something, oh, I'm annoyed. And for three hours, you're still annoyed. That probably isn't significant. But let's say there's trauma. Let's say somebody has been very overwhelmed by something and they've experienced terror, great terror in that process. That contraction of the body will be very strong and it may last for years. So when we talk about healing... We are talking about inviting the body-mind, inviting the body-mind to relax that tightness and open. And from that point of view of healing, we can be healing right up to and through the death process. Because all through the death process, we can be releasing our fear, our sorrow, our anger. So healing is by no means limited to fixing the physical body, Healing is the opening of the body and eventually of the being altogether to what is greater than the
0: suffering. Have you have you worked with people who are at such a place of tightness that when you say opening to them, they can't imagine what that would be like? Absolutely. When we talk about tightness, we have
1: a, a range and... At one end of the range is what we have, what we call numbness or frozenness. This is the category I fell into um, when I was labeled permanently and totally disabled by the US government when I was 27 and I weighed 69 pounds, I literally was frozen. Oh, I, I walked and I talked and I smiled, but I couldn't feel myself engaged in any of it. And the reason I had become frozen is I had become very, very, very frightened right from before I was born. So, yes, absolutely. I come from that place of not being able to feel really much at all. And many of my clients have been highly traumatized. If I said to them, just relax and open up, it would be almost impossible. Why? Because their awareness knows, intuitively knows that the body is storing tremendous fear, often rage, and great sorrow. So we can't just dictate, open up. We have to invite, that's why I use the word invite, we have to invite the tissue of the body that's become so tight to the point that it can be frozen to slowly allow the content to move from it. And as it moves, literally the tissue and the being altogether
0: decontract how do we how can we gently start that process of decontracting as i was listening to you i was just feeling what it would feel like to to whisper to the parts that are closed to open to whisper that invitation how do we start that gentle unlocking of what is frozen the first step is to understand that Everybody's
1: awareness is the most potent tool. We've been trained in the Western world in relation to healing what caused the illness, what virus, what accident, what. If we understand that our awareness can touch at any moment contraction in the tissue, and the minute we put awareness there, we are offering the tissue a chance to open up and let the content emerge. So, a simple exercise that I've taught often in my intuition and healing classes is a body scan. You just take a few deep breaths in, breathe out even more slowly, move into what's called the relaxation response, and then you start scanning the body from the toes up or from the head down. Wherever you find contraction, you can be sure that there's emotion there. And so you guide awareness right into that tight um, abdomen. You go right in, Often the abdomen will speak immediately and you'll say, oh, I feel so scared. <laughs> I feel alone. If it doesn't, there are a host of different techniques you can use to make that gentle whisper. For example, you can just say to the abdomen, why are you so tight? Or you can pick up a pen and just write at the top, why is it so tight? And then write spontaneously for five minutes. Often the answers will come right to the surface. And the minute they do, the minute awareness has been brave, willing to go closer to the wound, the wound starts to heal.
0: Do you believe that we carry within us the tools for our own healing? Or is it, do we need to go outside for that?
1: Well, I think back to my own journey through environmental illness, and mm-hmm. I would say both, both have wonderful place in healing, and both are very complementary. So in my case, as you know, I sat in a room with nothing, I mean, literally just two chairs, a lamp, and I sat there, and um, I couldn't go to any practitioners, I couldn't read any books, there was no internet, so I just sat there, and that's when I began to think, oh, Gee, I wonder if I can find out what's going on with this bizarre condition. And one day I went to the um, doorknob to go into the bathroom, which I could do for about 30 seconds before I'd have pain, as long as I held my breath and didn't breathe any plastic. And I put my hand on the door of the bathroom, or to, the door of my room to get out, and I got the abdominal pain. And I said, This is impossible. I'm in the bubble. Why am I having the pain? So I kept trying it two or three times, and then I stayed right there, and I said, I'm scared to get out. I'm Mm -hmm. scared to leave the bubble. I said, why would I be scared? I, I don't want to sit here the rest of my life, but it was so obvious. I'm scared to leave the bubble. That was the beginning of the healing when I understood that I was so frightened of life that the bubble actually was giving me safety. So that's an example of my using my awareness, but at the same time, I wouldn't be talking to you today if so many people hadn't come into that bubble with healing practices and most of all, just with compassion. And so I would say they're complementary. In most cases, we want to rely on both our own capacity to feel and release and the capacity of others to shine love on us as we are healing, feeling, and releasing.
0: Sometimes that, that tightness or that imbalance can come, at least from what I've seen from my own work and from what I know from my own life, that sometimes that tightness, that imbalance can come from a feeling of, I can't let anyone else see this. Mm -hmm. This is mine to deal with, mine to hold my shame or my whatever it is. And I can't allow anyone else to see it. And yet when we, when we do, when we can speak into it, when we can release it gently when we can let someone else see it. That's a part of that decontraction too, at least as it seems to me. Absolutely. That's why I say, I don't think you can
1: do it without both. And you're right. The minute somebody else sees it, doesn't judge it, holds you, holds the space for you. The body mind just goes, Oh, great. Just knows it's not alone. And that's why I entitled my book, Love is the Healer. I sat there completely frozen. I could hardly feel a thing. And yet a man walked into my life and said he loved me. And I just felt, why would he love me? Look at me. Why would anybody be interested in me? And yet love triumphed over that frozenness. It really did. No matter how much I believed that I wasn't worthy of love, that love actually just literally pulled me step-by-step step beyond the bubble
0: you're listening to out of the fog and i'm talking with marianne c she is the author of the new book love is the healer and you can find out more about marianne and about her work at marianne i want to spell that for you so that you get to the right place it's m-a-r-y-a-n-n-e-s-e-a.com marianne c like the ocean dot com. So Marianne, through your journey, you've been able to move from that place of sitting alone in the room to a place where you are actively engaging with and helping other people. And that to me is part of what love is the healer means. Mm-hmm. Not just the love between you and your partner, but the love that you've been able to access that then you sort of broadcast to all of all of the rest of us can you talk a little bit about that love and how you made that shift from like inner directed living with the environmental illness to a more kind of holistic or sort of outer directed way of being in the world
1: yeah well i it, karen to be honest with you it was so easy because i'm a sagittarian <laughs> So from the time I was, you know, 5, I was telling my mother I wanted to give food to the poor and I you know, just it's just I just was born with this I want to make the world a better place. So even when I was in the bubble, my doctor called and said would you be able to have small groups of people who are environmentally ill come in and you teach them the stuff that I've taught you and I was just over the moon to be able to do that. So the minute I could work be in a building again at this point, I was in Australia. I mean, I <laughs> they didn't have much option. I went to every nursing school, I went to medical schools, and I just kept talking a mile a minute. And uh, you know, they eventually gave me a, a shot at teaching. So it wasn't hard for me to feel this impulse. I, I really came in with it, um, and it. I'd say today, of course, I'm no longer in Australia. I'm in Portugal. Today, one of the things I do that I absolutely love. I've offered for four years um, a complimentary I think it's a gift I really could say it to people it's called powerful intentions it's based on the work of the UK researcher Lynn McTaggart who wrote the field the intention experiment in a nutshell eight people women come together for four weeks one hour a week on zoom they don't even know their last names Um, they just are eight women who want to support others. And each woman has an intention that's important to her, whether it's to conceive a child, whether it's to heal, um, whether it's to find a partner, whatever. And we focus our heartfelt and strong intention on that intention. And we've had miracles happen. And I love it because at a time after during COVID and after COVID, where people have felt estranged, frightened of being around other people, um, this sense the primary the primary food of relationship is allowed to flourish in these settings so this is one of the things i absolutely love for people to discover two things that their intention is extremely powerful in terms of helping someone else and as lynn found in her research as we give so we shall receive and honestly we've had so many people in these groups say I'm so much better as a result of giving my loving intention to someone else.
0: That There's something magic, I think, when people come together in a group and let themselves be seen. And I know that for you and your journey with love as the healer, this book has been in the works for a long time and it came to a place where it was maybe ready, maybe big stuff was happening, but you didn't feel ready to be seen yet. Can well, you? to be honest, I, I wasn't conscious, I should add. I, I, I'm i sorry I interrupted you, oh, but yeah. I
1: have a feeling you're going to say, well, what happened here? Um, I wrote this book 20 years ago and I was invited onto Oprah Winfrey and I was prepared to go um, they said, get ready to come to Chicago. We'll let you know the date in a week. And then 9-11 happened. Following that, two film producers, big film producers, approached me. And the list goes on and on, all the way up to my agent, who was an incredible woman dying the night before the book was to be sent to four publishers. And she died with, suddenly with my book in her hands. It was found at her feet. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know. I just thought, gee, what bad luck. Until finally I accepted my own <laughs> guidance and said, what's going on here? And I really started to go deep into my body and asked the tightness around this book. And I got, I don't want to be seen. I don't want anybody to see me. So unconsciously, I timed everything if I had written to Oprah Two months earlier, I would have been on the show. Everything was timed to make sure I wasn't seen. And I wasn't going to do anything with this book after my agent died. I was heartbroken until a client of mine read it and said, you're crazy if you don't do anything. And she said exactly what the Oprah Winfrey producer, Stacy had said to me. So I put it out and... Uh, and it, I, I would love to say I'm completely free of the fear of being seen, but I'm not. But again, if I don't judge that, if I just allow that content, that fear to come up, the more I let it come up, the more I notice. No, I'm I'm fine with being seen now. So it's here again, um, mm-hmm. and it's there primarily to inspire people. That's I think a lot of us who've been through something intense in life often emerge wanting to write about it or speak about it, primarily. So as to help someone else with whatever they're struggling with.
0: I, I love what you said about being able to sit, um, to sit with, to observe, still having the fear of being seen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I believe that when we take a look at the things that are true about what's at whatever's happening now, like in the moment, this is true for me. Now I'm afraid of being seen. That when we look at that, there's a there's a an opening of power there an opening Mm -hmm. of healing there. Not Mm -hmm. that for your healing, you are required to always be happy to be seen. That's silly. You, I, at least I am have fear of being seen and I will continue to have that probably, but if I can love that and Mm -hmm. integrate it and work with it, it Mm -hmm. makes it so that that fear doesn't run the show. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how I feel right now. It doesn't run the show.
1: Does it arise in me? Do I notice that it comes up still? That's probably one of the most important things I have taught in intuition and healing, that whatever content arises doesn't define you. I work with people who are highly traumatized, and they have content in the tissue that they could say defines them to be bad or evil. For example, they might have hatred. They might have murderous rage in their bodies. So one of the first things I do when I find that content, see, I use my intuition to go in someone's body and then I feel what is stored in that contraction. And if it's hate or rage, one of the first things I do is dispel my client of the sense that that's problematic Mm. because it simply is not. It's just content. You could say it's just stuff. That's the tissue is stored as a result of trauma. It's absolutely logical that there would be hate and rage in the tissue. And if we just give space for it to be there and not judge it, it will tend to start to release. So again, back to the fear of being seen, which you said you have as well, as long as we don't judge it, clamp down it, or what's the matter? I should want to be seen. If we don't do that, it tends to move. It's just stuff that tends to be released
0: and that's true with physical issues as well or at least i've found it to be so if i am focused on i am i'm feeling this physical pain i shouldn't be feeling this pain i should be powering through it what's the matter with me i can't let anybody see this i've just tripled my tripled my physical pain absolutely
1: absolutely i just was thinking <clears throat> excuse me about three women i worked with a few years ago They all wanted to conceive children. I think all three of them had done IVF, but two certainly had. Now I connected with them intuitively, which means I started to feel their bodies inside mine. I'm not thinking, I'm feeling it. All three of them said to me, psychically, I don't want a baby. Mm. Now, they had the choice to say, you're crazy. Why would I do IVF if I don't want a baby? None of them did that, thank goodness. They gave me a little space to uncover why there might be unconscious resistance to having a baby. In all three cases, it was perfectly logical that a part of them didn't want a baby. And all three of them um, conceived their baby boys within six months of Mm. that opportunity. So if we can view what the tissue is storing as just an opportunity, an opportunity to release, to decontract, to open, well, the sky's the limit. As I said, even through death, we can remain happy because we're continuing to release that which tends to bind us
0: and it's a process it's not a one and done it's a it's it's something that um as we breathe as with the cycle of the breath, that healing that openness that releasing happens again and again and again so if I'm understanding your work, there's no requirement to in quotes fix it right away and then be done is that fair to say
1: that's true and yet at the same time it's a paradox you no know, if we <laughs> just allow attention to go to it it can it can't yep. turn around very quickly like these women all did conceive children very soon after this you would think it might take years to work through unconscious resistance to having a child i can still hear i can still remember the day about two months later where i woke up and i said i can say her name sarah's pregnant I knew it. It was two months after I said that to her. So that's the paradox of the whole thing. Once we open it up, it may not take five years to release trauma. That's been
0: there 25 years. It might take five days. I love it. Can you tell the listeners we are just at the end of our time, how they can connect with you and you do work and you've been speaking a little bit about the work that you do with, um, uh, conception and communicating with babies even pre-birth, the intuitive healing sessions you do, can you just kind of give us an overview and let listeners know how they can reach out to you? When you say an overview, should I go over what I do or just give my website? Um I you can you put that put that website in there and let listeners know what they'll find when they get there.
1: Okay. When a person goes to marianne C, just as Karen spelled it, M A R Y A N N E S E A dot They will find work, they will find three categories intuitive transformation sessions, in which I and my client use our intuition together to uncover what may be a factor in a health condition, in a challenge around money, in a challenge finding a partner, and challenge conceiving. They will also find birth intuitions. This is one of my passions. I, since my Um, overwhelm began in the womb. This was not the fault of my mother. It was the fault of the 1950s when she was told to stay in bed and not move and told to smoke as much as she could and to drink three stiff drinks a day. And my very sensitive body couldn't handle it. And I froze. So part of my passion in life is to find those children who like myself for whatever reason are seizing up to the point that they're here they're not here lights on no one home Mm. and the third thing of course is powerful intentions which as i said is a complimentary offering to anyone who wants to give and receive
0: the force of their the power of their intention to another beautiful Um, marianne thank you for talking with me and and for sharing your work with the listeners thank you very much thank you karen it's always a pleasure thank you so much I've been talking with Marianne C. She's the author of Love is the Healer and you can find that book where ebooks are sold and you can find the paperback at store.bookbaby.com just search for Love Love is the Healer and it pops right up and you can find out more about Marianne and her work check into the Powerful Intentions book um, Powerful Intentions group take a look at what she's offering all of that is at mariannec.com that's M A R Y. A-N-N-E-S-E-A dot com. And you're always welcome. Over at Karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about what's happening next on this radio show and upcoming classes and events. And you can even book a private intuitive session there with me if you are so inclined. My um, poorly manicured Instagram account is at fog City Psychic. Hey, you like puzzles, you like yarn, you like radio, there's your place. At fogcitypsychic.com, you can at FogCity Psychic on Instagram. You can also follow the hashtag out of the fog radio to get to the good stuff. And thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.